Welcome to another edition of the PW Mania Hot Tag Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Justin C. Joined this by my co-host, Cam, and the chairman, Stephen Vincent. And we are here to preview AEW All-In uh, taking place next week. Uh, so pretty AEW-heavy show today. Uh, and we're also here to uh, talk about Edge and what possibly, excuse me, could have been his final match in the WWE last night, uh, or should I say two nights ago, excuse me, we're recording on Sunday, uh, going up against Sheamus in Toronto, uh, match that, he, you know, Toronto was always where he talked about possibly retiring, and Sheamus was a guy that, surprisingly, they've never fought before, and they had a pretty good match. And now we wait and see what's happening with Edge. Uh, his contract apparently expires at the end of September. Um, you know, there's obviously going to be rumors and smoke that AEW might become calling. Uh, who knows? Maybe he's done for wrestling. Maybe he's going to AEW. Maybe he's coming back to work the WWE. But I think overall, for me, you know, since his return at the Royal Rumble, I don't know. I've felt kind of like this second run of Edge has been a bit of a letdown i mean i don't want to say it was bad by any stretch of the imagination but i just never really got into edge's return and then i can remember when we when he won the rumble we were talking about how even though he came in at number one it felt like he never really did anything during the whole match uh you know he's had good matches here and there obviously the triple threat with daniel bryan and or and uh roman reigns at wrestlemania you know, there was good things here and there, but I think overall, I just felt like this run is one that won't be. People are just going to be talking about, I just creep like, yeah, he came back for a second run. Yes, he had won the Royal Rumble. Yes, he main evented a WrestleMania, but, you know, just not to take away anything from his career, but just to start, I'll ask you, Chairman, first. What are your thoughts on this second run from Edge here and how it went? I think what hurt his second run obviously would be right after the rumble we entered the pandemic era of covid so you know a lot of that stuff you know he never got to experience the live crowds right away you know for, for a brief period there plus he had an injury during that run too that kept him out and then of course like his first kind of big feud with if i remember right was randy orton who they've had history but it just seemed like their matches just I don't know, they went really long and just didn't click. I mean, it just wasn't my favorite stuff, but I did enjoy some other stuff he did. I mean, obviously, he had some opportunities to go after the championship, which would have been kind of cool to see him win, but unfortunately, it just didn't happen. The Seth Rollins stuff was phenomenal. That was probably my favorite stuff of the edge return. I mean, this calls back to when Rollins is threatening to break his neck, you know, back when Seth was, you know, with the authority. So, you know, they got to run that story over the summer and Seth went to freaking uh, Edge and Beth Phoenix's house. And that was that was one of the funniest segments that year. You know, so there was some definitely some good stuff there. You know, he had some stuff with what AJ Styles and then, of course, the big stuff with um, Judgment Day. You know, it's kind of weird how they kicked him out right so soon, though, because Heel Edge is phenomenal and they kind of just went right into Babyface Edge. So I felt like that was kind of a fumble, too. But obviously, Judgment Day has come a long ways since that and done well. But, you know, I think the edge stuff could have been bigger. I mean, unfortunately it just didn't work out and I'm happy he gets to go out on his terms. Should this be it? I really hope he doesn't end up going to AEW because that would just, I don't think it'd be good for him. I mean, if he wants to come back for like WrestleMania 40, so be it. I think it'd be kind of cool to have him and John Cena just go out together one more time. Heel edge versus face Cena. Hell, that'd be, that'd be cool to see just for the uh, nostalgic factors. But I don't know what's next for Edge, you know, but like I said before, I'm just happy he's going to run out on his own terms instead of one of the most uh, emotional 
retirement speeches ever in wrestling. I mean, that's just it's all the highlight there. And I just maybe like, you know, just drop my heart and like, oh man, that sucked. And so, like I said, banger, banger, banger. Seamus, awesome. But I also want to call out the Toronto Maple Leafs gear. It's fire. That was cool gear. I hope they make an elite figure for that. Yeah, you'll never hear me praise anything Toronto Maple Leafs, Maple Leafs related being in Buffalo. So I, I don't care how good it is. I would never do, praise that. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, for me with Edge and AEW, I just, I don't see the fit there. I know people are like, well, you can have one more match with Christian and they can fight the Young Bucks. I'm like, no, I don't need to see that. You know, it's like, I don't need another, I don't want to say a nostalgia run in AEW, but I just don't think Edge would add anything to that group. And I'm pretty sure he'd probably have to be called like, Adam Copeland or go by his old name, Sexton Hardcastle. Um, I don't, yeah, like I said, I don't think Edge would add to anything to AEW at this point if he were to get there. Uh, but Cam, what are your thoughts on Edge's possible last match here? Um, I mean, it kind of came out of nowhere because Edge has been back back for what, about two years, but we haven't really seen much of him. I mean, I'm, when they when the veterans, you know, they do their part time runs, even though shit, Brock Lesnar's wrestled more times than Edge has in the last two years. Um, I mean, to me it's been so, sort of a letdown, honestly. Like Chairman mentioned the stuff with, with Rollins was pretty good. I mean, he had the COVID COVID WrestleMania match with Orton, which was whatever. Um him and Sheamus had a pretty good match. I, I went out of my way to watch it since it's quote unquote last match until we see him pop up somewhere. You never say never in pro wrestling. Um, but yeah, a little bit disappointed to me, honestly. I mean, I kind of feel like the idea chairman of Edge versus Cena one more time mania this year, you know, throw them both on the card and have Edge go out. You know, Cena is one of those guys I think that'll be a part timer for the WWE for a long time. I mean, he's in great physical shape. I mean, I don't see Cena, quote, walking away from pro wrestling for a while. There's someone we could easily call on to have these guys wrestle each other for a while. But, you know, that Grayson Waller Australia match, Australian kangaroo death match, um, could definitely still be on the cards for for Cena at some point but I mean it is what it is I mean Edge who is a Hall of Famer you know some people put him in their Mount Rushmore or at least top five top six to me he's always been like a somewhere around 12th to 15th I guess if you really wanted to map out like a top 20 WWE wrestlers of all time I'd put Edge probably somewhere 12 to 15 um so you know him coming back didn't really mean much to me personally because I never considered him a favorite of mine um, but yeah, he kind of felt like a little bit of a letdown, really didn't do too much. It was almost like he was just checking off boxes, you know, win the rumble, have a match at WrestleMania, uh, compete for a world title. So to me, it kind of just felt like a checking of the boxes thing. And I don't know, you know, obviously I don't have any inside scoop to see, um, the reasons for it, but maybe triple H didn't really want to use him that much either. It kind of felt like a Vince thing, like, Hey, you know, come back, do all these matches. But ever since triple H has been in charge, we haven't really seen that much of Edge, so like I said, it kind of, to me, kind of felt like a, a Vince thing, and, you know, I kind of feel like if this is his send-off, it's kind of a weird one, you know, they, they hyped it sort of for a week, and then he came out and had a good match with Sheamus on SmackDown, it is what it is, but to me, who Edge, who I think deserves more than that, I'm not taking anything away from Sheamus, but I do feel like he deserves some sort of Rumble, WrestleMania type of send-off, so I feel like there is one more match on the card. For him, um, as far as the AEW stuff goes, I mean, I scoffed at Moxley going to AEW. Obviously, he showed up at Double or Nothing, what a few months after after his WWE contract ended. So obviously, I've been wrong before. But I agree with you guys. What's he gonna do? Go to Collision and hang fucking hang out on on Saturdays with a dinosaur and his his goofy brother, like or his you know wrestling brother. 
Um, I mean, if he goes to Dynamite, could you put him in the main event picture right away with with um, Adam Cole and MJF and things like that? Yeah. Could he go over and fight the real AEW world champion CM Punk? Yeah. Um, would it move the needle? I don't know. AEW fans to me feel very like like very like stuffy and they wouldn't really accept Edge, quote unquote, accept him. But I think if he went over there, I don't think there's anything that's super like this needs to happen. Like we definitely need to see I mean, I would like to see Moxley versus Edge. I think that would be cool. There's some things that would, would be cool, but I don't think there's anything that I'm like, he has to go sign with AEW. Uh, to me, if he went, it would be like a huge money grab, and Tony Khan would be, you know, dancing around Wembley Stadium, like, I got Edge, I got Edge. And he's like, well, we got to call him Adam Copeland, and he's just going to hang out with, with the dinosaur. Yeah, I mean, remember when Edge first came back to the WWE, it was because he was having talks with AEW, and he said, and he got an offer from AEW, and he said, out of respect to Vince, he has to go to Vince to see if he's interested, and that's when Vince obviously said yes, because he's not letting Edge go to AEW and be that, have that be one of his first big coups, so that's why that ended up happening. Um, yeah, so I, maybe it was more of a Vince thing, and Triple H is like, okay, you know, yeah, you, we ran your run, you know, you had your contract, this is like like nothing left, and like you said, Brock Lesnar has wrestled more than Edge over the, the span of this Edge contract, and Brock Lesnar's had better matches than Edge, I think. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what happens next year with Edge. Um, obviously, like I think he said his contract doesn't expire till the end of September, so he probably wouldn't be around even if he were to go to EW till after all their big shows coming up with All In. Then all out, then the Grand Slam in New York. So we'll see what happens next with Mr. Copeland, and uh, we'll be talking about it if something does happen. But over now to the AEW side of things, and before we get into actual AEW All-In, there was a bunch of rumors and backstage drama over the last week talking about CM Punk and stuff going on behind the scenes of Collision and him getting into an argument with Dolph Ziggler's brother and sending him home. And then apparently saying he didn't want Christopher Daniels backstage and sending Christopher Daniels home. Then there's a rumor that Matt Hardy was sent home. And then, you know, all this other stuff. Apparently Ace Steel was brought back and given back pay uh, for when he was fired by the behest of CM Punk. So it seems like CM Punk is pretty much making Collision his show when he is running Collision as it is. He got into an argument with uh, Jack Perry where Jack Perry wanted to do something and use real glass and CM Punk said, no, that's stupid. They use fake glass, which I would agree with him there. But man, it's just, I felt like, I felt like a few days ago, like every like two or three hours, there was a new story coming out with a new report with a new side of the story with like, you know, Kenny and the Bucks running to Dave Meltzer and giving them his side and then somebody else going to, uh, Sean Ross Sapp and giving them his side and another people who have connections at CM Punk giving them their side. It's just a giant, like almost like a high school drama going on backstage at AEW. It feels like, and it kind of looks badly down on the, uh, leadership capability of Tony Khan, where he's apparently just letting things like CM Punk run, run collision. Like it's his show. And I guess like, if you want to say it, kind of just bending over for him. And you know, apparently there was a report that when CM Punk came back at the first uh, collision, he was up at Gorilla chanting CM Punk, CM Punk, just like a, a wrestling nerd. Like everybody kind of thinks of him. But I mean, say what you will about Vincent company. I mean, yeah, he had Brett and Sean in the, you know, the attitude era heyday where they were arguing all back and forth, but he would never let them kind of run their shows. Like it seems like CM Punk's doing and not getting, you know, I, I always say this, you know, Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart hated each other, but at the end of the day, they were able to work together and make money off of it. And 
we haven't seen that at all yet with CM Punk and Kenny Omega or CM Punk and the Young Bucks. You know, we haven't seen anything like that. But it's just weird reading all this backstage turmoil going on in AEW and just thinking, what the hell is Tony Khan doing here as the leader of this company, letting all this go down and not putting his foot down, especially if he really did hire a steel back and give him back pay after firing him, given what happened at the, at the brawl out. And it's just, kind of insane that something like that would happen. But uh, chairman, you see all, you read about all this AEW backstreet drama with Punk, Tony Khan, everybody, et cetera. Just what are you thinking when you read all this? You pretty much nailed it. It's very high schoolish. I mean, Pepsi Phil, I mean, brought back the quote unquote real world title. So it's like, okay. So he basically runs collision. He has a championship. I mean, AEW already has like 12 championships. I mean, I can't count them all at this point. And then it's like you. Just, then I see the Kenny and the Bucks actually re-side of AEW. So clearly, things with Pepsi Phil might be overblown, honestly. Because if there was real turmoil there, I feel like they could have just called Papa H and jump ship and went with Cody. I don't know how their personal relationship is, mind you, but I mean, obviously, the stuff of Cody is definitely nowhere near the level with Pepsi Phil. I mean, that stuff just holy shit. But, I mean, I guess there's wrestlers just walking on eggshells around the guy. There's wrestlers that avoid the guy. You know, he's sending home people. I mean, there's some stuff of Hangman Page, I guess. Like, I, I, I have no idea what to think of this. I mean, it's not good by any means. And Collision is just on a terrible time slot to begin with. So, I don't go out of my way on Saturday night to watch this. The only wrestling I watch on a Saturday night is a premiere live event. So, you know, I'm not going to watch an hour or two of you know, random ass wrestlers wrestling. So I don't know, this whole drama thing's overblown. And I guess if, you know, they all have to get together for a big event, you know, I'd be curious to see how the old backstage drama unfolds. Yeah, I agree. It's like, you know, how would we say that? Are CM Punk and like the box have to be on separate parts or is one of them, or one of them going to be in a trailer and only come out of the trailer when it's time to wrestle. Uh, it's just like, I want to see what happens when they are backstage. Like you said, like that together. I think it'll be hilarious to see what happens. I want to, I want somebody with a camera or like a phone recording everything going on just so we can see and finally get the truth from somebody on what exactly is happening backstage. But uh, Cam, what are your thoughts on the AEW drama? Well, I mean, first of all, like if Ace still really got back play, like he's fucking come back from disability or something is, is, is absolutely insane to me. Uh, it kind of goes to show that the cons do have fuck you money and Tony Khan's like, yeah, I'll just, I'll just do whatever, you know, I'm surprised. I mean, I won't be surprised if he gives edge like $5 million for like one year, you know, like come in, have like four matches, give you 5 million bucks, part of the ticket sales, you know, my firstborn child, all this stuff. Um, I mean, it is what it is. There has to be some truth to there. You know, if you hear one report about about Nick Nemeth, okay, but then you hear Matt Hardy, you hear Frankie Kazarian, you hear everybody. Uh, to me, it's hilarious. Um, you know, when the Bucks and Kenny re-signed their or re-signed to All Elite what last week or something. You know, they cut a <clears throat> uh, Kenny cut a post-match promo after Dynamite went off the air mm-hmm. and said, "You'll see us on Dynamite. You'll see us on Friday nights. Hell, you'll even see us on Collision." And it was like a very tongue-in-cheek thing. Like, I think Kenny kind of gets it, but the Young Bucks just seem to be, like, wallowing in their own, like, we're almost 50 misery, and they're losing their hair and all this stuff. And I've just completely soured on the Young Bucks, and all of a sudden they're back to tag team wrestling. 
Um, it looks like they, you know, I don't know if we're going to talk about it, but it looks like they might be winning those titles because uh, Dash apparently, um, or Dax, excuse me, apparently had some sort of run-in with law enforcement this past weekend. So who knows what's going to happen with that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we always felt like when Punk came back, Collision was kind of his show. Um, it doesn't look like he'll ever appear on Dynamite, and I'll be it'll be very surprising to me if anybody from the Elite shows up on collision which you know again we've talked about it almost at nauseum that the money at wembley was punk and ftr versus the bucks and kenny obviously we're not they're not they didn't go that route that was the money match i mean hell it could still happen at all in maybe it could happen to arthur ash but i doubt that six man's ever going to happen and to me that's the money that the money the ratings the draw the 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 moments of Kenny Omega standing across the ring from CM Punk or CM Punk standing across the ring from Nick or Matt Jackson. That's your money right there. And it's been that money for what? Well over a year now since all this stuff has happened. Um, I mean, to me, it is what it is. I mean, collisions, collisions are actually a decent show. Uh, there are weeks where collisions better than dynamite. It is kind of the same guys can kind of interacting with each other. So the need for an Adam Cole and MJF, someone else you know moxley the blackpool combat club someone else popping their heads over there and and wrestling you know i think the need is there because house of black um andrade rusev or excuse me um you know everyone else that's over there that you know at some point it's going to get kind of boring you know at some point we will get samoa joe versus punk and all that stuff um so it is what it is i mean it to me it's just kind of funny like cm punk has full reign and you know Everyone wants to talk crap about Punk having full reign of collision. Um, I'm pretty sure Kenny and the Bucks have have creative control and booking control, and they help with Dynamite and they help with the pay per views. So what is the difference? You know, CM Punk's more of a draw in pro wrestling history than all three of those guys combined. You know, even Kenny, you know, who's had his big bout matches in in Japan, you know, he's been reduced to six man tags at the biggest wrestling show, quote unquote, the biggest wrestling show of all time. And you got Kenny Omega and a fucking six man. But, you know, that's something we'll talk about here in a little bit. But it is what it is. I mean, Tony Khan got another show out of Warner Brothers. You know, that's more money for them potentially and things like that down the road. And to be honest, Tony Khan could barely book three hours of Dynamite and Rampage without it being complete garbage. So, yeah, let CM Punk, who's been in the wrestling business for 20 plus years, let him run the show. <clears throat> Bring Jericho over there. Um, at some point, I mean, no, Jericho is a professional, him and CM Punk can get past whatever issues they have. And maybe they can finally do that, that tattoo match that Jericho was, was so mad about that Vince wouldn't let him tattoo CM Punk on TV. Maybe they could do that somewhere down the road. Yeah. And I'm with you as far as CM Punk. You said, yeah, it's a bunch of drama, but he's made more money in this business than probably the Bucks and Kenny. I don't want to say ever will, but you know, he's a pay-per-view draw. He was WWE champion for 434 days. So there's a lot there for CM Punk to look back on. And, you know, having this kind of drama is actually a little bit of fun too, in the wrestling business where we can have this kind of stuff to talk about again, like it was the attitude era and going back and talking about all the rumors of stuff going on backstage. So it's a little fun. And with that, we're going to get into uh, all in taking place actually a week from today on Sunday. Uh, the 27th. Uh, so it looks like it's an eight match card. I'm just going to jump right into this and go into the preview. Um, as Cash, or as Cash, as Cam mentioned, that one of the matches for the AEW World Tag Team Championships, where it's the FTR versus the Young Bucks happening again. 
Uh, news came out the other day that Cash Wheeler was um, arrested. He apparently was a road rage incident where he flashed a gun at somebody and he was arraigned in court the other day. Apparently his passport wasn't taken and he still is able to travel to England. Uh, the last I read, I haven't seen anything different since, but match just seems like it's kind of coming out of nowhere with these two teams. I mean, it's a match everybody always talks about. It's been a while since the first one. Um, and like you said, there's this latest incident of going with with what happened to Cash change things here? I mean, I don't know who would have won them anyway, uh, but I'll go to you. I'll let you go first here, Chairman. Who are you picking to win this match? I mean, I was probably going to pick the Bucks before the legal stuff happened, but now this pretty much just confirms it for me because we don't know what the long-term circumstances are going to be around this with uh, FTR. I mean, they might be off TV for the foreseeable future, you know, Dax might be going back to singles again. He actually has some good singles matches, by the way. <laughs> um, but, you know, this is what I want to happen, honestly, is the Bucks and Kenny to break up and kind of go their own way. Like, not completely, but like, you know, I want no more of these six-man tags. I want the Bucks to restore the tag team division. I don't know, FTR is a phenomenal team, but I feel like Creative just did give them the platform to run with it. Like, I don't know. Maybe the Bucks can bring the tag team division kind of out of its cellar. And then, obviously, with them being tied up with the tag titles, and Kenny can go back doing single shit again. So I'm hoping it happens. So give the Bucks the belts back. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. I want to see the, you know, I was hoping that after the uh, Blackpool Combat Club and Elite story ended that they would just kind of go back to their own uh, separate ways, let the Bucks do tag teams. I mean, we talk about all the time. Like we've, I feel like we've talked about every like six months on AEW. We want Kenny Omega to go back to single stuff. That's what we want to see him doing, and it still hasn't happened yet. So I'm hoping here with this match and seeing the Young Bucks likely winning the titles back that we get that return to Kenny where he can go off his own separate way. But yeah, give the Bucks the titles. I mean, it's been a while since they had them, so I'm going to go ahead and pick them to win here. Uh, who are you going with, Cam? I mean, I was going to say FTR, but, you know, who knows what's up with what's going to happen with the legal issues and things like that. Um, so I'm going to take the Young Bucks here. And, I mean, we can't separate Kenny from six-man wrestling ever because now he's got Kota Ibushi and Hangman Page as his six-man uh, partners. Um, so I don't know if Kenny... Either Tony Khan has never watched New Japan Pro Wrestling or there's something wrong with Kenny Omega to where he just doesn't do singles matches. Or is he over singles wrestling? Is it kind of like he's he's in his, quote, twilight of his career where he's like, okay, I'm just going to do the six-man stuff with my buddies and blah, blah, blah. And if I never make it back to the top, it is what it is. Um, but to me, I mean, I what, five months ago or when they first announced Wembley here a couple of months ago – I mean, I always said that, you know, the I put out my thoughts on the big the big match, the six man with the with the elite versus punk and FTR. And, you know, if all of this is really a work, you had CM Punk, you know, help the elite win the match that night. And then on Dynamite, you know, you build up Kenny Omega versus MJF or whoever for the title and you have punk help Kenny. And if this is all a work, then you have, you know, CM Punk join the elite. Um, clearly, we're nowhere near that. Clearly, this is some legitimate beef where these guys, you know, I mean, if it is what it is, I heard rumors that CM Punk offered to be in blood and guts and all this stuff. So maybe Punk's willing to move past it, but the Young Bucks just aren't and Hangman Page just isn't. And they're, you know, 35, 36 years old going on 12. Um, 
so it is what it is. I'm going to take the Bucks here. I think that, you know, tag team wrestling and AEW has been dead for a while. You know, we're having the same stuff. Blackpool Combat Club versus Best Friends. Like, there's nothing going on of substance as far as tag team wrestling is going on. I mean, the best tag team in AEW right now is MJF and Adam Cole. Um, everyone wants them to see them win the Ring of Honor tag team titles, which we'll talk about in, a, in here in a little bit. Um, but they're the best tag team. And they're a makeshift tag team who will be fighting for the world title. So what does that say about the state of AEW tag team wrestling? I mean, we could even, you know, this is not a WWE show, but WWE has been terrible with tag team wrestling either. There's, there's never really been a point in wrestling history where it's like tag team wrestling is completely on fire. It's never really been like that. Um, so if the Bucks win the titles, maybe they'll defend against Dark Order this Wednesday and everyone can't wait to see it. All right, let's go on to another tag team match here, the tag team coffin match with Darby Allen and Sting taking on Swerve and AR Fox. Um, the build up to this match, they saw um, we saw Swerve go to Darby Allen's friends Nick Wayne's uh, gym and attack him and leave him in a pretty bloody mess from what I saw of it in the gym. But you know, talk about we always talk about how like you know AEW's in a bit of a rut. But I think you know talking about people that are actually killing. It, I think Swerve's somebody that's been great. Um, I think this gimmick that he has going, I think he's a great promo. I think he's somebody that deserves uh, a push into the maybe the heavyweight title scene toward the end of the year. But, I mean, we saw it in the WWE. I mean, I, I saw his work, obviously, in Lucha Underground. But, I mean, we saw it with his work in Hit Row in NXT. And then, of course, it got completely botched on the main roster that he can be somebody that can carry himself as a top guy, as somebody that wouldn't look out of place at all. He's a great worker. Um, you know, him and Darby Allen are friends going back to like independent days. So I'm sure this match will be good. Sting will probably go out and bust his ass in front of a huge crowd that they're going to have there at, uh, in England. So I expect this match to be fun. I'm sure Darby Allen's going to take some crazy ass bumps off it too. You know, falling into a coffin and whatnot, but I'm going to give the win here to uh, AR Fox and Swerve. I think, like I said, I think Swerve's somebody they have to start building up. I mean, they are obviously are building him up, but I think he's somebody that has potential to be a top guy in one of, I guess you want to say, one of these quote-unquote brands of Dynamite or Collision. Uh, in the in the months and years ahead, and I think he's somebody that AEW can build around. And a, a big win, especially like a, like on a big show like this, over somebody like Sting uh, on the other side, I think would really really help uh, Swerve. So I'm gonna go ahead and give uh, Swerve and Ar Fox the win here. Uh, who are you gonna give the win, Cam? Um, as much as I want to agree with you and, and, and believe everything, I, I don't trust Tony Khan. Um, Swerve Strickland to me, ever since NXT has been a superstar. I think he has the potential. He's kind of finding that form right now. I think despite him being in like a nine, 19 person man faction, um, he's the star of it. He has been great on TV. He has a great look. Um, but you know, this is this to me feels like a feel good show for AEW. This feels like a yeah, just like a feel good show. I think Sting and Darby Allen win here. I think there's not even a question to me. Um, I feel like Swerve and Fox and the rest of his guys kind of get treated like a mid card, lower mid card heel act who aren't really gonna ever gonna get a huge win. And I think that continues at Wembley Stadium. You know, I'd, Sting putting Swerve into the coffin with a scorpion Deathlock, and then Darby Allen hitting his, his coffin drop move. And that's how the match ends and blah, blah, blah. And I think that's, 
pretty much the, the foregone conclusion in my opinion. But yeah, I mean, I believe in sort of Strickland, but I feel like, you know, he's going to be 0 for 2 per promotions now where people just don't see him as the main event type of guy that he can be. And, you know, maybe some point his contract expires and he goes back to the WWE or something because um, they are getting TV time. But, you know, they're getting beat up by 60-year-old Sting who's pretending to be the Joker. So, you know, how great is it really? All right, Chairman, who are you going with? Swerve's been fantastic. I mean, you felt generally pissed off after he literally left that kid for dead, Nick Wayne, bloody in his freaking house. I mean, well, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been a fan of Swerve for a long time, too. And, you know, he's one of the few guys who's definitely taking advantages of the opportunities he gets because AEW's bloated-ass roster. It's like you might see a guy, and then you might not see him again for, like, six months on Dynamite. Then all of a sudden, oh, I forgot they're there. And, you know, hopefully Swerve can kind of keep himself around. And he definitely needs to win, as does AR Fox. But we all know because Sting's involved, and, you know, people in Wembley are probably going to be, like, losing their shit when they see Sting, you know. I feel like Sting and Darby Allen will get the win here. Darby Allen is a guy who doesn't need a win. Sting definitely doesn't need a win, but based on Tony Khan's booking logic, you know, I pretty much agree with Cam. It's like, it's, that's just the way it's going to end up. So I'm going with the baby faces here. All right, let's go to the stadium stampede match where we have uh, the team of Eddie Kingston, Penta, Phoenix, and Orange Cassidy and the best friends against Moxley, Wheeler Yuta, uh, Claudio, and three people yet to be named. Um, I don't know who it's going to be that joins this team, but I really feel like this match is just kind of thrown together almost out of nowhere. I'd much rather see... Orange Cassidy have his own match on the card. I mean, hell, just let Orange Cassidy fight Moxley or or Claudio, like something like that. I don't. I feel like the Stadium Stampede match is a bit of a crutch for AEW to rely on, and it doesn't really do that much for them. And it's kind of over overworn. It's welcome at this point in the promotion, but um, I'll let you start here, Cam. First, who are you picking in this one? Any idea who you think are going to be the other three t- people on the team? I mean, is it just me or is is all in who it's the biggest wrestling show on the planet and it seems like a glorified paper. I mean, it's a pay-per-view, but it's supposed to be humongous and every match is a tag match. Every match is a six man. Every match is a fucking clusterfuck. Like what is going on? There are what one the Jericho match, the main event. That's it, huh? There's only two singles matches in this entire freaking card. That is absolutely insane to me. Um, I mean, as much crap as everyone wants to give Vince McMahon, but Vince McMahon had a rule for WrestleMania and things like that. Maybe one multi-man match. Everything else is singles or tag team titles. This card is like a giant, we just want to get everyone on the card. The booking has been horrendous. Um, it should be Claudio versus Orange Cassidy, Ring of Honor World title versus Mid-Atlantic AEW title. That should be the match. Or it should be Moxley versus Cassidy for for Orange Cassidy's title. Something like that. I love the best friends. I've loved Chuck, Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta for a long time. They don't need to be on this card. Pence and Phoenix get booked like crap for AEW. They don't need to be on this card with their stupid hype man guy. I fucking hate that guy. They don't need to be on this card. Um, Eddie Kingston's back. That's cool. Maybe they should have done Cassidy and... <clears throat> Kingston versus Claudio and Moxley. At least it would be a traditional tag match and we'd get some crazy stuff. 
<clears throat> instead, these guys are going to wander around L- London and they're going to Moxley's going to bleed himself over some. He's going to end up bleeding tartar sauce. Like it's just going to be stupid. And I mean, for Moxley, who left WWE because he just wanted to have these death matches, um, I don't know how his creativeness is getting really filled in AEW because it's the same thing over and over and over again with Blackpack Blackpool Combat Club. They did the same thing with the Elite for like three months. Now they're on with best friends and um, Phoenix and Penta, who Phoenix and Penta should be fighting best friends to try to move up the tag team ranks. But I digress. Um, who the other guys are going to be, I have no fucking idea. Uh, some ECW originals. Maybe RVD comes back for one more match. Um, I don't know. There's no one. There's there's no one that I can think of that'll be a shocking factor. Nothing that'll be cool. I mean, maybe they get Renee Paquette in there. Maybe Moxie calls on his daughter and his wife to <clears throat> to be on the team and like, hey, just stand in the corner and I'll take care of it. Um, I don't know. I do not know. I know, all I know is Blackpool Combat Club needs a win here because these guys are supposed to be like the badasses of AEW, but they just lose like every single match they're in. Um, <clears throat> Claudio, to my knowledge, hasn't really defended the Ring of Honor world title. Maybe he has at one of the Ring of Honor shows they've had lately, but I don't know. But yeah, this should have been Cassidy versus Claudio for the titles, like a title versus title match, something. But instead, we're getting Stadium Stampede. You're going to get a, a bunch of confused British people outside the stadium, probably. And Orange Cassidy is going to hit, you know, Claudio with a with a fish, you know, or shove a chip down his throat or something. But, yeah, I don't like it. I think it's stupid. Um, this card to me, other than like the main event, is basically throwaway stuff to me. There's nothing that's good, that's moving the needle for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to take Blackpool Combat Club. I have no idea who's going to be their partners, but this match should not be happening. And half of these guys shouldn't even be on the card. All right. Who are you going with, Chairman? Yeah, the Stadium Stampede thing has run its course. It worked during the pandemic era, and obviously I'm fine with that. But now it's like a, almost feels to me like a mandatory premier live event pay-per-view like WWE used to do all the time. It's like, oh, it's Hell in a Cell. We have to have Hell in a Cell match. Oh, it's a, a TLC. We have to have a TLC match. Oh, it's a Stadium Stampede. we got to have Stadium Stampede. It's like, this gimmick's just overplayed. And I agree with Cam. Half these guys shouldn't even be on a freaking pay-per-view. I don't want to watch best fucking friends wrestle. I'm not paying to watch that. I'm not buying this pay-per-view anyway, so regardless. But, like, Wheeler Yuta is hot garbage just following around the coattails of Mox and Claudio. Like, why isn't Claudio having a singles match? Why isn't Moxley having singles matches? Like, this is another thing. Like, I'm getting tired of these guys always doing teams. Like, Moxley was a former, like, AEW champion. Like, why isn't he trying to get back up the card again? I mean, it's just weird to me. I mean, cool Eddie Kingston's back, but I don't know. I agree with Cam. This is just going to be a hot mess of tartar sauce and fish and chips. And, you know, maybe someone's going to get thrown into a freaking phone booth or something, and the governor will show up, and God knows what else will happen. Someone will be wearing one of those big freaking beef eater things. I don't know. Um, I'm going to also predict that the House of Black will be the mystery three guys because I just don't see how you can leave those three guys off the card. And Buddy Matthews has a wedding to pay for, so he's going to need the extra money. Um, I'm going to pick the team of Blackpool Combat Club and the House of Black or whoever it's going to be because freaking you lose the best friends. You might as well not even show your face up ever again. 
Yeah, I'm going to make it three for three here. I mean, the Blackpool Combat Club needs a win badly, I think, in this match as a faction. So I'm going to pick them. As far as the other guys go, I, I don't know. I mean, House of Black's a good call, I think, as far as that goes. Maybe you get RVD, Sabu, and I don't know, Bubba Ray Dudley out there to do some kind of uh, to match or get Bubba and Devon. They can do it. I don't and get Spike Dudley. Um have that going i don't i mean i'm trying to think other english wrestlers uh, i don't know but yeah i mean whoever is going to be the partner i think house of black is a good fit with the blackpool combat club at least that makes sense as far as like a same kind of persona as far as wanting to kick ass goes uh but i just think they need something better but the blackpool combat club definitely is a group that needs a win here uh pretty badly i think uh it's just like you said with moxley he should be a guy that should be out there, you know, back in the world title scene at this point, not still doing this kind of stuff. I mean, I know Brian Danielson getting hurt probably derailed a, a handful of plans that they were going to do, but it just seems like they weren't able to adjust with these guys on the fly whatsoever. And it's kind of showing. Um, let's go to the uh, six man tag next with. Uh, the Golden Elite, Hangman Page, Kenny Omega, and Kota Ibushi against Jay White, Juice Robinson, and uh, Takesha. So, I mean, yeah, like we said, I think it's probably leading to some kind of singles match with Kenny and Takesha at, you know, at maybe all out. Who the hell knows? But Jay White, from what I've seen, the clips of Jay White and Juice Robinson and the uh, them on, on Collision, it seems like they're doing pretty good. I mean, it's Jay White. He's awesome. Still shocked that WWE never made him a priority, but... I'm sure Kota Ibushi's trying to figure out what the hell he can jump off of uh, in, the, in Wembley Stadium and do some kind of moonsault, but I'll go over to you, Chairman, first. Who are you picking in this one? I'm still trying to wonder if uh, Chris Jericho's going to make the trek over and get involved some way, because he's probably not too happy about Don Callis' incident the other night, you know, smashing a photo over his face, and, you know, to Kesha and all that weird stuff. But, um, I don't know. Is he fighting freaking, uh, what's his face anyway? Well, Osprey. Yeah, they're fighting. So yeah, there's already gonna be over there. Jesus. That's how much. I don't pay attention. half the time anymore. This stuff. It's all cluster fucky. Anyways. Um, so that, that won't happen, but, um, I still think, uh, Kenny's going to win because Kenny's not going to book himself to lose with Heyman and, uh, Kota Ibushi. Um, Jay White has been a disappointment since signing with AW. It just hasn't worked out. He probably would have been much better off in WWE, but uh, this is what he wanted, so this is the hand you're dealt, sir. All right, Cam, who are you going with? I mean, the Jay White stuff, I mean, <clears throat> it's hard to to know what's real and what's not real in pro wrestling, you know, because it's, it's pro wrestling, but I feel like the legitimate hiring freeze, like the timing of the of the Endeavor deal with WWE really screwed this up because I feel like JY probably goes to the WWE. I mean, <clears throat> obviously I don't know the guy, so who knows what he's really thinking, but I can't think that he went from being the number one guy in New Japan to fucking hanging out on collision um, and being Don Callis's like beat up lackeys. Like, you know, that's, that's something I feel like that's below. I mean, that's juice Robinson's alley all day. I mean, that's where juice Robinson belongs. Be somebody's lackey, hang out. Okay, cool. But Jay White <clears throat> kind of playing second fiddle to Dakashka and Don Callis and all this stuff doesn't really sit well with me. And that hiring freeze probably was real. And if <clears throat> the Endeavor deal, excuse me, if the Endeavor deal happens three months later or three months earlier, 
I feel like Jay White is at least in NXT or on the main roster somewhere causing havoc. You know, right now him and Cody would be freaking fantastic. Um, it is what it is. I mean, when you said, let's talk about the six man, Justin, I'm like, which one? There's like 14 six man. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is, this is the, this is Kenny golden elite and Adam page. They're going to win the match. Um, hopefully we get Kenny versus Takeshka at all in or, or maybe they'll save it for Arthur Ashe Stadium. Who knows? Um, I don't know. But at some point, it's kind of weird because now you got Jericho kind of floundering as a baby face without anyone to back him. Does he join the Golden Elite? Does Jericho, who Mr. AEW stable, does he join up with, with Kenny and Coda and Hangman Page and hang out the Elite like they did for a little bit on the Indies where, what was, I can't remember, Jericho and the, the Bucks tagged up a few times. And I can't remember the name of their stupid tag team. Um, the Bucks of Youth, or I can't remember what the hell they called it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Kenny, Coda, and Hangman. This, this to me is a lock. I think it's a, it's a 100% lock that this is happening. But again, it goes back to show you that the big, the big, they keep billing it. You know, everyone made fun of the WWE when they, when they have their little cringy names for their pay-per-views. But this is the biggest pro wrestling show in history, and the best you can do is put Kenny Omega in a six-man tag. Yeah, I'll make it a sweep and go with the faces, too. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, there's got to be something with Kenny where he feels like he can't work long matches. But again, like you said, this is the biggest show of ever in AEW. And, you know, 80,000 people, you would think they would go, okay, Kenny, you're going to go, you know, inject them with the steroids, you know, whatever growth hormone he needs, put it in there, and then go ahead and go out there and have a banger of a match with Jay White or fucking, I don't know why they're not doing, I'm sure New Japan has a say in why they're not doing Kenny and Will Ospreay, so I would understand that, but for him to be a six-man tag, just go into a six-man tag and do this, I know, you know, he was apparently Kenny Omega was apparently the guy that they want WWE wanted to sign over Jay White, so that's why they made him a priority, and it didn't happen. But I feel like at least Kenny would go out there and be having good singles matches with everybody on the roster. And then here we are, like you said, big match, six man tag. That's it for him. That's like, okay. Uh, I don't know what's going on there, but I mean, I think the real drama will be with Hangman Page and CM Punk backstage, and we'll see. Uh, well, I'm sure we'll hear about whatever happens from that side of the story. Uh, let's go to the women's four-way for the AEW women's title, where we have Hikaru Shida, who won the title on the AEW 200 show, uh, defending against Tony Storm, Soraya, and Dr. Britt Baker. Uh, Tony Storm kind of losing it lately and going with like a Marilyn Monroe-like gimmick she has going on. Uh, Soraya's first match in a long time, and of course, if it's a world title match, a women's world title match on AEW, you have to have Dr. Britt Baker involved in it as well. Uh, I'll let you start here. Cam, first, who are you going with? Yeah, just like we joked last week or the week before that, if Charlotte Flair ever came to AEW, I mean, her and Britt Baker might both explode from trying to politic Tony Khan into being in the matches at all the time. Um, I have no idea. And honestly, I don't care. And there's nothing against the women of AEW, but they don't really book women's stuff very well. I feel like they forced the main event to between um, Tony Scott, Tony Storm and the champion. I feel like that was kind of forced down our throats for AEW 200. And then again, you know, with everything they've been doing, I feel like it's forced. I don't feel like it's natural. I feel like Tony Khan's like, Hey, Tony Khan obviously goes on Twitter or X, but my phone still says Twitter, so I'm an, I'm an OG. Um, 
I feel like he goes on there and was like, yeah, I guess I only give the women like five minutes a week. And they're like, yeah, Tony Khan, you know, you only give them five minutes a week. Okay, well, I'm going to give them 10 minutes a week for the next month and we're going to build this matchup and no one's really going to care and the champion's going to retain and you'll start to see the detention, the detention between, um, between Soraya and Tony Storm. And I think that's probably what's going to be the outcome of this match other than the finish is going to be... Um, the, the tension started to be te- teased between Tony Storm and Soraya, and probably at some point, maybe All In or Arthur Ashe, those two will have a one-on-one match. Yeah, I'm not sure about this one, because I feel like Sheeta was just kind of given the title as a big moment for, like, we gotta do something big for AEW 200, and Tony's just like, alright, fuck it, let's put the women's title on Sheeta. So I could very easily see some kind of uh, title change here, but for me, I can see it being them going back to Dr. Britt Baker because, like you said, I don't think – I think you'll see the, the usual wrestling trope of uh, tension between Soraya and Tony Storm during the match. Um, you know, Sheeta, like I said, feels a lot to me like a transitional champion, and then that kind of leaves you with Dr. Britt Baker. And I know her and Thunder Rosa apparently obviously don't get along, um, but – I guess I could see Tony really being like, okay, well, people say I don't book the women's division. Well, I want to put the title back on the top star of the women's division, or my top star in the women's division, having it be Dr. Britt Baker. I, I can just see him pulling that kind of trigger. Like, Sheeta is a good wrestler, but I don't think she's somebody that can carry the women's division. And I don't think putting the title on somebody like Soraya without any really big build to it or having, like, a big match for her, like, just rather just be a throwaway, four-way match, I don't think... That's the right move, and I don't think giving the title back to Tony Storm is the right move because I could I could see them putting it on Dr. Britt Baker, and then when Jamie Hayter eventually gets healthy enough to return, we have her go against Jamie Hayter for the title, and you put the title back on Jamie Hayter, and then you're back to where you were with the women's division, what, three, four months ago? So I'm going to go ahead and pick a title change here, and I'm going to go and pick Dr. Britt Baker to win this one. Uh, who are you going with, Chairman? I'm still trying to figure out why Sheeta got the title. Like she was basically nowhere to be seen on Dynamite for months, and then all of a sudden, oh look, Sheeta's back on, and Sheeta wins the title, and nobody cared. It's like, thank you for what you did during the COVID era. Um, sure, you can have a cheap pop of the Dynamite 200. Um, you're gonna drop the title though at the big show, so cool, whatever. Now it's trying to sort out the rest of the mess here. So Tony Storm probably not going to win because it doesn't serve a point of her dropping the title in the first place. Like, that's just stupid. So we're looking at the Dr. Britt Baker factor and you pretty much brought up, you know, Jamie Hayter. And I just don't think she's going to be back anytime soon. I keep hearing like next year. And obviously you could definitely do a, you know, Hayter, Dr. Britt Baker, you know, title feud, you know, because, you know, Hayter might want her title back. And then Britt's going to be all like, no, I need my title. It's my precious. And then you can do that. So that leaves Soraya, and they are in her home country, and she hasn't wrestled in front of her home country in, like, what, eight, nine years? So something tells me that she does a transitional champion just so Soraya can have her homecoming moment and win the title and have a reign. So I'm going with Soraya to win. Okay, that will lead us to the handful of singles matches that are actually on the card. Uh, first being Chris Jericho against Will Ospreay, which, I mean, Will Ospreay is such a phenomenal talent. It seems weird that this is the match they end up going with here. I mean, I 
don't think Jericho is a point anymore where you can put on good singles matches. So I'm sure Osprey will be able to carry himself, uh, carry Jericho pretty well. Uh, as Jeremy said earlier, we had the incident with Don Callis the other last week where Callis hits uh, Chris Jericho with the frame photo of him. Uh, you know, Jericho is kind of a faction guy at this point. So who the heck knows what's next uh, for him? And same thing with Will Ospreay. I mean, Ospreay's obviously a guy that's heavily booked in New Japan. So who knows what's going on there? I think Osprey needs to win this match. I think I could see a storyline of a downfall for Jericho where Jericho just starts losing and losing matches. So I could definitely see that happening. But I think Osprey probably picks up the win here. Um, who are you going to go with, Cam? Yeah, man, I mean, I agree 100%. I mean, Jericho turned, Jericho basically turned babyface on Wednesday, and we haven't really heard nothing of it. Jericho's been a heel in AEW since its inception. He's never really been like a babyface, and now we have Jericho turning babyface, and the crowd really didn't really pop to it too much. I mean, maybe it's a slow build where, like, is Jericho a face, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he got his back. He got his, he got, Everyone from Jericho Appreciation Society left him. Um, he was going to team up with his his slimy slimy friend, Don Callis, who he knew was a slime ball, and he got his back turned on by him. You know, now he's facing Will Ospreay, who is clearly a hill. So Jericho has turned babyface, and it's hasn't really resonated with anyone. And to me, that's so surprising, because Jericho, when AEW started, Jericho was the big name. I mean, obviously they had Kenny. Moxley came in, you know, shortly after Danielson and Adam Cole followed suit. Um, but Jericho was their number one guy and he has been a heel for the most part. And he got a baby face turn. He's in a big time singles match with Will Ospreay, which I agree. I think he's going to lose. I think Ospreay wins. Uh, Don Callis's <clears throat> crew is already going to lose the six man earlier in the night. So um, all signs point to fucking Jericho teaming up with Kenny Omega and facing Takashka and Will Ospreay maybe at all in. I mean, I think that's a big tag team match. Kenny and Kenny and Jericho versus Takashka and Will Ospreay. I think that's a really big tag team match. Um, but he had the fact that no one's really talking about Jericho turning babyface is really bizarre to me. Um, he's not going to win the match. I think he gets, he loses and then a post-match beat down by the Don Callis family and he gets left bloody in London and, you know, hopefully that gets some sympathy from the London fans. And moving forward, he gets put into some sort of babyface position where maybe he could climb back the ranks to the world title. Or maybe he just goes after Takeshka and all these guys for a while. Who knows? But it's been really surprising to me that we're, what, five days since, you know, his his babyface turn and nothing's happened. I mean, kind of funny, though, that they they basically copied the the festival of friendship essentially i mean they didn't have like the whole pony show but they copied the festival of friendship uh jericho definitely wanted to redo that story with him and kevin owens where you know he gets his back turned on him and why is my name on why is my name on the list and why is my name on that my why are you holding my head like that um so to me it, it was it's kind of funny that they copied that angle um and it's weird that they haven't talked about jericho being babyface and Will Ospreay wins this match because, like I said, the Callis family needs a win because they're going to go one and one on the night. Um, and we'll see what happens with Jericho moving forward. All right, Chairman, who are you going with? Yeah, there's no way Ospreay's losing to Jericho, right? I mean, Jericho's kind of at the point of his career he's putting people over. And Ospreay, not that he needs Chris Jericho rubbing his career by any means, but, you know. 
Um, I guess this this is probably more for the uh, Don Callis and Chris Jericho story than anything. You know, Jericho's probably getting beat down, like you said, after the match. Um, question is, will anyone come to save Jericho? I mean, will Sammy Guevara come back and again with a bat? I mean, who knows? I mean, there's definitely more layers to this story. This is kind of just chapter one. You know, you know. Hopefully, this doesn't like a uh, nine-inning baseball game that takes five years, because we all know Chris Jericho feeds tend to overstay their welcome. So we'll see where it goes. All right, that leads us to CM Punk versus Samoa Joe for the quote-unquote real-world championship that CM Punk has been carrying around with the giant X on it that he's claiming is the title that he never lost. Um, So this goes back to July where CM Punk beat Samoa Joe in the Owen Hart Cup for the first time in his career. And then uh, they had a recap of the rivalry and Joe uh, challenged Punk to a rematch at All In so he can prove that he's still better than CM Punk. Um, You know, it leads to more physicality back and forth. Uh, Joe attacked Punk the next week. And then we've got Punk attacking Joe to accept the challenge. And then here we are. And I'm sure there's going to be a big recap about their world, their Ring of Honor career. Uh, I'm sure these two will have a great match and it's for, like I said, the real world title. And I just think that is kind of going to be a a CM Punk thing. I don't think you're going to see CM Punk lose that until he's ready for whatever he ends up doing with the world title. But uh, I'll go to you, Cam, first on this one. Who are you going with? I mean, the, the, the idea... <clears throat> that Tony Khan has let CM Punk call this the real world title. He methodically put the X through the E, which is the elite in AEW, as the Young Bucks have said, we're the E of AEW. So he did that on purpose. Um, I mean, if this doesn't lead to Punk wrestling page at some point, then what the fuck is the point? It's just, this is the collision world title, kind of like Raw and SmackDown have their own titles. Um, this is the collision world title. And... CM Punk's going to win the match. I mean, almost to me, like a lock type of thing where Samoa Joe is fantastic. And, you know, when he gets used in AEW, he's been good. And ever since Collision started, you know, he's been on TV a little bit more. But this is a CM Punk type moment. Um, I am more willing to see. I want to see Brandon Cutler's raw, you know, camera footage of backstage of Punk and Gorilla, if they call it Gorilla in AEW. Um, They probably call it, I don't know, they probably call it, the Tony Khan area or whatever. Um, I want to see punk backstage. Like are the, are the elite quote unquote elite hanging out, not knowing or knowing where punk is on the card. And they're like, we're going to go sit in this trailer or we're going to, we're going to go watch a Chelsea game or something along those lines. Um, I don't know, but punk's winning the match. And afterwards, I mean, it has to lead to something. It has to, Uh, I mean, there's obviously been plenty of times in pro wrestling history where we don't get the payoffs we expect or, plans change and all that kind of crap but i mean punk has to wrestle hangman for that title at some point has to has to has to and if they don't tony khan's a giant pussy hangman's a giant wuss um so forth and so on but the collision guys are getting getting tv time at at um at wembley stadium all right who you going with chairman yeah i mean this will be a cool match for the you know all the hardcore punk and Joe fans out there that have seen their battles over the years, um, yeah, I mean Punk's gonna retain here. It's just like you said, you know, it, does the Heyman Page factor play in at some point? 
Or are they going to have one of those clashes with MJF eventually where they have a unification match? I mean, I guess that's the ultimate question at the end of the day here. Or maybe Claudio is going to be all like, screw you, buddy. I'm the ROH champion. And then they maybe they have a unification match. So there's definitely some ways they could play this. It just depends who Pepsi Phil wants to play with, I guess. So uh, he'll win here, and then I guess uh, we'll see what happens next. Yeah, I'm going with Punk, too. It just seems like kind of a placeholder match to get Punk a win. I mean, you got all out in Chicago the next week, and we don't even know what that card's going to be. It's amazing that Tony Khan... I mean, I'm sure we'll probably hear about that, like, right after All In. So you got that. I mean, like, that's WCW-level stuff, not having a pay-per-view card, like, until a week beforehand. And I just don't get... I mean, I'm sure stadium availability played into a lot of this, but doing All In a week before All Out just seemed really dumb. Like, you could have have just moved it up to like the beginning of August or something that doesn't make any sense or I mean I'm sure you don't want to do a Wembley show in October but there just needed to be better timing for this to spread out both of these shows but it's going to be a good match obviously the people who are nostalgic for the Ring of Honor stuff between Punk and Joe are going to love it I mean I'm sure I'll like it when I see it you know Punk being one of my favorite wrestlers and Joe being a great technician. But yeah, CM Punk's not losing this title to anybody other than when he faces whoever the world champion is at the time. And they do the unification bout for uh, for these two titles. So I'm going to go ahead and pick CM Punk. And that leads us to the main event of MJF versus Adam Cole for the AEW world title. And of course, they are also fighting on the pre-show against Aussie Open for the Ring of Honor tag title. So... They haven't turned anybody yet. You know, MJF and Cole are still together. They're doing weird stuff backstage with Tony Khan showing up. And it's, you know, there's been hints of some of the stuff Adam Cole has done back when he was in NXT with, like, the hugging of MJF. And then compared to uh, the same thing with Kyle O'Reilly where he did the backstabbing thing kind of when they were hugging each other. So... Still waiting to see if there's going to be a turn here. Um, MJF was the one who wanted this title shot, so here we are. And I'll go to uh, you, Chairman, first here. Who are you picking, I guess, for both these matches, the tag title match and the uh, main event? I think they're going to have Adam Cole and MJF win the tag titles. I think you'll get the massive pop You know, early in the show. People will be excited for it. Aussie Open's kind of into more New Japan-based anyway, so... I don't know, get sales off them, whatever. Um, as far as the other match goes, I mean, the Reign of Terror will continue for MJF. I mean, the ultimate question is the fallout. I'm more interested in the fallout from this. Like, where does this match go? Does one of those guys take it to extreme levels? Um, of course, there also could be the factor of Adam Cole could have MJF on the ropes, and Justin's favorite wrestler, Matt Taven, in the kingdom will come out with Roddy Strong and screw Adam Cole over and make a mess of the whole match. And then maybe they could do MJF and Adam Cole versus the kingdom or some bullshit at all out. So that could be the big match of all out. Get excited. I think I'm going to go, man, it's tough because we're talking about Adam Cole. I remember at the last show and how he just didn't feel like he was that big star. And he's kind of been, again, another somebody that's been kind of a bit of a letdown um, here, but I think they kind of almost have to pull the trigger with Adam Cole here. I mean, I know the story, there's the MJF CM Punk story that's just there for the taking for the Punk to win the world, uh, Punk to take on MJF for the world title, but I could see them not doing that. And I think they want Cole to be a big star for them. And I, how else would you make him a big star than the 
catapulting the heel turn here and going with Cole winning and MJF finally being the face that everybody, you know, kind of wants him to be. And, you know, you don't have to change anything about his character at all. You can keep him exactly the same way as he is and just trade his insults to wrestlers and not to the fans and stuff like that. And I think Cole winning and kind of being the one to stab MJF in the back is the way to go. And I can see there would be intention early on with them losing the tag title match. So I'm going to go ahead and pick Aussie Open to win that one. But I don't know. I mean, I picked Jey Uso at SummerSlam and that bike backfired on me. So what the hell? I'm going to go with Adam Cole here and see if that backfires on me. And they make Cole the big star and give him his moment in Wembley Stadium. And maybe they form a faction with like the Cole and Kyle O'Reilly and Roderick Strong. And then Dr. Britt Baker can join the faction too. We just get faction number 38 in AEW. But I'm going with Cole and Aussie Open on the double here. And who you going with, Cam? Uh, finally, the only, the only feud or anything on this card that's actually worth a shit, that's actually been worth a shit the last month and a half um mjf and adam cole have been fucking fantastic the the vignettes hilarious the kangaroo kick the stuff at the trampoline park it's been phenomenal mjf was floundering until they put him and adam cole together he was not doing much with that world title he is a great promo guy i still don't think he's a great wrestler by any stretch of the imagination but this program has been fantastic and it can go a lot of ways we talked about all these matches outside of what's going to happen with jericho and you know my rant about him turning babyface and stuff like that this is the only match where i'm like okay this could go several different ways and i honestly don't know i think they're winning the ring of honor tag team titles first of all i think that's happening i think that you can't have them you don't want to tease them breaking up already on the free on the 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 zero hour the free for all if they lose the match because if they lose the match then you start teasing the tension in the pay per view. I want them to win because if they win, they're still happy go lucky backstage. They're still best buddies. They're still doing the double clothesline, which is hilarious. Um, all that stuff is still in play the entire pay per view. They lose that match and you have Roderick Strong come down and screw them or. Um, fucking for some reason Matt Taven is on television um they screwed them over or something that kind of just leaves a sour taste in my mouth for the rest of the night because then you're like okay well what's gonna happen for the main event you kind of already see the writing on the wall so I think they're winning these ring of honor tag team titles despite whatever happens in the main event they're the ring of honor tag team champions Adam Cole now won every single ring of honor title I believe as one of his promos was that he's never won the ring of honor tag team titles he can do that um now, as far as the main event goes, I don't know. And I honestly don't know. And that's a good thing. Just like we talked about Roman and Jey Uso a few weeks ago, I have no idea. And that's a great thing. Um, if you have Adam Cole win, you know, the kingdom and Roddy Strong coming down and all that stuff kind of is what you think is going to play into it. Um, they come down and MJF's like, get out of here. And, you know, maybe they beat up at MJF and Adam Cole's the champion. Adam Cole turns heel. And MJF is a babyface, which we haven't seen MJF as a babyface yet. He's been teasing it for weeks now with all these vignette stuff that they're doing. So he's been teasing it, and he can be a babyface. We've already seen it. He can do it. Um, so that is kind of where I'm leading. And 
ultimately, I think if Adam Cole, they, they create a new stable with the kingdom, fucking God help us all that Matt Taven and, and, um, whatever, whatever X Brian, no, not Brian Myers, the other guy, <laughs> the other WWE reject, um, is on, yeah, yeah, there we go. Mike and <laughs> they're on, uh, they're on TV every single week is going to, you know, really piss off a lot of people, hopefully. But I mean, I think that's the way it's going. MJF has had a, has had a fair run. hasn't been fantastic, but he's been great and they can go away from the devil stuff for a little bit. Cause he could still be an asshole, but he could be a baby face. You know, there's plenty of baby faces in wrestling history. There were also jerks, you know, Dolph Ziegler, just to name a few, you know, in WWE. Um, so they could easily go that route. And I think that is what they're going to end up with. I think they're going to end up with the kingdom standing strong and Roddy strong, getting his best friend back. And then MGF maybe has to fight all those guys to, you know, get back to getting a rematch though. What week after for all out, like Justin, you clearly kind of talked about it like Wembley stadium. There's no, the FA cup and all this stuff's not for months. So what are they doing at Wembley in September, October that you're like hell bent on having this show right now? But, you know, we digress. But, yeah, I think it's it's Adam Cole's time. I mean, we talked about it maybe a couple months ago where we were like, you know, Adam Cole's been in AEW, but he hasn't really done anything. And he's finally doing something. The stuff with him and MJF has been phenomenal. Adam Cole is better served as a heel. So Adam Cole heel, MJF babyface, they switch roles. Adam Cole's your new champion. And we'll see what Matt Taven has to say this Wednesday on Dynamite. All right, and that is our show for this week. We'll be back uh, sometime next week or after next Sunday to talk about what happens at All In and obviously then talk about uh, All Out as well with two pay-per-views back-to-back like that. So for my co-host Cam and the chairman Stephen Vincent, I am Justin C. signing off, and we will talk to you then.